Next up on Saturday mornings at your service, it's Welcome to Health. Greatest Grains and the Welcome to Health Center bring you Dr. Kurt Rexroth, chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. Dr. Rexroth is here to answer your questions about chiropractic, nutrition, or healthy weight loss. So give Dr. Rexroth a call at 344-1420, or you can find him online at welcometohealth.com. And now here's Dr. Kurt Rexroth. Good morning, Quad Cities. Having a good time here at the station this morning. we got a great show coming up. First, I want to announce, of course, that we've got the weight loss seminar on Tuesday evenings at 6.30. This is something that I, I want you to really consider because it's a way of taking back control of your health. And that's kind of what the program is about today. You know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and I've noticed it particularly from the chiropractic perspective, of course, and that is that more and more people are willing to give up the responsibility for their health. Um, in fact, they're actually so encouraged to do it that they're actually trained to give up the responsibility. And to some extent, it's part of the, the overall trend in our culture toward victim-victimizer mentality, where somehow you know, we want to give up our responsibility for protecting ourselves, give up our responsibility for, for um, controlling the things that are around us. We are just kind of like letting everything go to external control, and it's not a good thing. And what happens is when we give up our responsibility is basically we count on other people or other um, institutions, et cetera, to, and we hand them over the responsibility for ourselves. And this is something that has been happening more and more. I mean, how many of us are you know, almost, we're almost afraid of offending somebody else by giving them our opinion? Um, never more than in this last election that we went through, we, you know, a little you know, over a year ago that, that that had come up where people are just afraid to give their opinions because they don't want to get jumped on for their opinions. If somebody might be offended. In fact, uh, there are certain, certain laws in certain of our states now that if you offend somebody, you can actually be prosecuted. Uh, this is something that's not good. Canada's really suffering from this problem right now. So it's, but it but it bleeds over into the health industries too. Um, I mean, every ten minutes on television, what are you told? You are told that your body is totally incompetent. You can't even get over a cold without medication. If you got the flu, you've got to get a flu shot. If you've got you know if you've got uh, some condition that that you, you you're never being told that your body is competent and capable of getting over this if you treat it well, if you give it the right nutrients, if you give it the right environment, if you do the right exercise, if you, um, you know, it's none of that stuff. It's all, your body has nothing to do with your health. You have to do it through medication. And uh, it, it is part of the victim-victimizer mentality because it's not just another person that can victimize you, you know, by offending you or something. It's it's that nature itself is uh, the victimizer, the great victimizer, as a matter of fact, of, of you in terms of your health. You didn't have the right genes or you, um, you know, and um, couldn't handle the, the toxicity of a certain thing or it's just, you know, old age or whatever it is. All these different things conspire against you to cause you to have ill health. As a matter of fact, the old age thing is kind of funny because I— you know, really early on in the practice, I had a guy come in, Homer, we'll call him, and he came in and I uh, said, Homer, what's the problem? And, and he said, well, Doc, you know, my right knee is just killing me. 
And I said, well, Homer, let's take a look at it. And um, I poked around a little bit. And, and uh, while I was poking around, he said, Doc, you know, I think it's probably just old age. And I said, now, Homer, um, you know, I'm here to try to find out what the problem is. But uh, you say it's just old age. He says, yeah, Doc, I just think it's old age. I said, well, let me ask you a question. It's the right knee is what really hurts, right? And he said, yeah. I said, is the left knee older or younger than the right knee? And he just kind of like didn't know how to answer, right? Of course he didn't know how to answer. The left knee was just the same age as the right knee. So that's, that's kind of the fallacy that we get with these old age things. A lot of time what we'll do is we'll put up with something for a long time because, you know, we're getting a little advanced in age. And, you know, does age have something to do with it? It kind of does because a lot of the processes in the body, the recuperative process, the healing processes kind of slow down a little bit. But when it comes right down to it, there's still something specific about that right knee of Homer's that is, has gone wrong. And that's what you really need to focus on. That's what the doctor really needs to focus on. That's what we focus on in our practice. We focus on trying to figure out what's wrong with that knee. Now, if it is a healing problem in terms of a healing deficit of some sort, the person's immune system is slowing down, or frankly, if they're just taking too many anti-inflammatory drugs, a lot of these pain medications actually inhibit the healing process, and that's how they work. Okay, now let's, uh, you know, let's kind of leave the Homer story just a little bit because what did I just say? I said a lot of the pain medications work to diminish pain by interfering with the healing process. Okay, so here's Homer. He's taking his, his, uh, his pain medication drugs because his knee hurts, right? And instead of healing the knee, he's actually turning this knee problem into a chronic problem namely a problem that persists because he keeps interrupting the healing cycle. And that's a problem, of course. But the topic of the program today is how are you made a victim by your diseases or your injuries, etc. Um, the, the fact is that most of our healthcare problems that we deal with every day can be dealt with by the body. And this is something that we teach people rather than teaching people how incompetent they are, like the 10 minute, you know, every 10 minute advertisements on television do. We teach people how competent they are. As a matter of fact, the person that I teach the most is myself. Namely, I have to deal with my own health issues um, in terms of, I mean, yes, we have emergencies. If you're in a car accident, definitely go to the emergency room. But on the, for the most part, when these issues come up, it's very important to kind of self-evaluate and realize what you might be doing. What part did you play in this particular incident or accident or, or um, uh, health problem? What part have you played in it? Because until we start asking the question, what part do I play in my own health picture, there is not much hope for you really gaining full health capacity. In fact, a, an extension of that particular question is, you know, what part do I play? The extension of that is, what can I do differently to have different results? And, you know, that's something that people try to avoid. Uh, just recently, I was, at, you know, after playing tennis with my friends, I was 
listening to their conversation and uh, um, they often, you know, key off of what I'm looking at on the table when we go out for breakfast after tennis. And one of them looked over at me and, you know, I noticed that they were not eating a particularly healthy breakfast, you know, just lathering syrup on pancakes and things. And I have to admit, I love pancakes too, just as much as the next person. But they were just slathering syrup on there. And I kind of looked over at them and said, oh, I know what you're looking at, but it doesn't matter because it's just genes anyway. If I'm going to have a heart attack from this, you know, I'm going to have a heart attack from it. There's nothing I can do about that because I can't change my genes. Now, what is that saying? That's saying, I'm a victim of my genetics, all right? And to some extent, I mean, there's a, there are genetic predispositions. There are, and we do gene testing at the, at the clinic so we can find out what those genetic de- predispositions are. But we do the gene testing not to say, well, so what, you know, can't do anything about it. We do gene testing so that we can say, ah, now we know what to look for. Now we know what possible pitfalls we can discover so that we can avoid them, we can walk around them, we won't just fall blindly into them. But the general mentality of health is, there's nothing I can do about it because of my genes. Well, let me tell you, there is something that you can do about it because of your genes. Namely, you can actually know what the problem is through genetic testing, and you can modulate your diet so that you're not triggering or you're not expressing certain genetic traits. Now, research in in genetics has been absolutely amazing because it actually has shown us things like this, that there's not a separate gene for blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes, or pink eyes, you know. There's not a separate gene for any of those things. The, The gene is the same for all of those different eye colors, but the degree of expression is either upregulated or downregulated. That means that if you have brown eyes, your genetic eye color gene, the pigmentation gene, is fully expressed. If you have green eyes, it's less fully expressed. If you have blue eyes and sky blue eyes, it's very less genetically expressed. But the genetic expression is governed by several different things. One of those things is methylation patterns, namely is the down-regulating or up-regulating mechanisms of nutrition appropriately available. Now, that doesn't affect eye color as much as it does a lot of other things. One of the things that it affects profoundly is your tendency to store fat. In fact, one of the most famous genetic experiments is the agouti mouse experiment. Now, get this. They actually isolated a certain genetic type of mouse because those mice get fat faster than any other mouse. As a matter of fact, if you put them on just a normal, you know, a normal Purina mouse chow diet, and by the way, there is such a thing as a Purina mouse chow. It's a, it's a laboratory chow. You put them on a normal Purina mouse chow diet, they get extremely fat very quickly. Their fur turns orange. Their arteries clog up with plaque. They get a heart disease. They get osteoarthritis. Their joints start feeling really, you know, achy and sore. They get de- deposition of extra calcium in their joints. They eventually go blind and they die of a heart attack at about one year. Now, the normal lifespan for a mouse is two years. Energetic, but they are just lumbering around, 
horribly fat, orange, and with all these other health care problems, high blood pressure, everything that obese people typically get, this mouse gets as a result of putting on all that fat. But here's the key. If you give the mother mouse who's pregnant with, with, a, a, with pups and you give that mother mouse nutrition, the right nutrition, and it, it consists of uh, methylating vitamins, and those are the B vitamins, folate, B12, choline, B6, those vitamins. You give the mouse those vitamins, this pregnant mouse, and her offspring don't have the fat gene expression that the mother had. Namely, they are normal skinny mice. They don't turn orange. They don't get um, uh, cardiac problems and and plaque in their arteries. They don't get osteoarthritis and stiff joints. They don't have a heart attack. They don't uh, die of that heart attack in one year. They live a full two-year mousy life, and they are abundantly healthy just because of a nutritional environment change, which alters the genetic expression. Now, one of the things we do at the Welcome to Health Center is we actually look at these types of situations seriously. And if a person is having a difficult time with weight loss or a difficult time with food allergies and things like this, we actually do testing that helps us understand where they're coming from, where their weaknesses are, what we might have to shore up with some nutritional help and some very specific nutritional help. Those are the types of things that make a weight loss program effective Even if you've never had success with a weight loss program before, we can help you tune those things up and help actually bring about a better outcome. And it all comes, by the way, from actually admitting that you can do something different about your health. In fact, when you walk in the door of the Welcome to Health Center, I kind of like to know when a new patient's coming in because I'll look around the corner and see the person coming in and I'll think, ah, excellent. The healer has arrived. And when I tell the new patient, I said, you're the healer in this relationship, they ask, they kind of get a puzzled look on their face, and they look at me, and they say, well, then who are you? You know, you're supposed to be the doctor. I'm just the patient. I say, no, you're the healer. I'm the healer helper. You come here because you, hopefully, rightfully, think that I have a broader experience. I have an information base. I can, you know, intuitively see what might be going on. I have testing Uh, potential in terms of we can do blood testing for different nutrients, we can do genetic testing, we can do food allergy testing and things like this. And I have all these tools at my disposal and a broad base of experience, but that does not prevent you from being the healer. The healer is the most important part of the relationship because my job as the healer helper is to turn loose the healing potential in that particular patient, turn loose the healing potential in you. That's my job. Now, that doesn't guarantee anything, of course, because, you know, there may be problems that are bigger than both of us. But the point is that unless the, the patient takes full responsibility for their healing and their health, there's not very much I can do because I can give them advice and if they don't take it or try it, um, then nothing happens. If, they, if I give them advice and they try it and they break off you know, doing it, then they're right back where they were. If I ask them to change some things and they change them for a while and then fall back into old habits, there's not much I can do. So when it comes right down to it, it's always the patient. Even in a 
environment where the doctor is trying to encourage them not to learn anything or not to change anything, but just take this medication. It's still their responsibility. And it's their responsibility to report to the doctor and keep in touch and things like that. Those types of things have to be done in order to have the proper healer-helper relationship. But the main thing to realize is this, that once you take on responsibility for your health problems, once you take on responsibility for the changes that need to be made, then your shot at being abundantly healthy, abundantly energetic, getting over all these different things that you've got going on, the migraines, the, the high blood pressure, the lack of energy, the, you know, the um, fatty liver disease, the eczema, all of these different situations, you know, the stomach problems, etc. You've got to take responsibility and say, yes, I had a part in doing this to myself. I wasn't paying attention enough. I was doing what Pepsi-Cola commercials told me to do. I was doing what drug commercials told me to do. I was doing this and that. I was listening too much to people who had products, you know, that they had, they wanted to sell. And and they were telling me that it's not your fault that you're sick. It's a disease. Until you take on responsibility for the diseases you have, then frankly, you're just flipping a coin and and you're giving your you're you're giving your health to somebody else. The biggest one by the way is to give your health to an insurance company. Now, let's just briefly talk about insurance because I mean, what is a company for? Let me tell you, the a corporation, which all insurance companies are corporation, have the number one obligation and this is a legal obligation. This is not by, you know, something that they just put in their purpose statement. No, this is a legal obligation. The first obligation of any corporation is to maximize profit for its investors. And that is what they have to do. If they don't do that, what can happen is the investors can come back and sue the company for not taking care of their financial interest. It's it's, it's very, very, very important to understand that because when, you're tr- when you turn your health over to the insurance company, and expect them to you know, finance your health, then you've got a whole bunch of stuff, legal stuff in the background that you've got to realize that they make more money if they don't pay for your insurance, if they don't pay for your care. They make more money if they can get out of it, if they can delay it, they get the interest off that, they can delay all these things. And as even the great insurance companies have this absolute obligation to maximize profit for their investors. And if they don't, they can get sued. So what's going to happen? If you turn your health care over to the insurance companies and you don't take care of it because you think, well, it's not covered by insurance, but I think it's the right thing to do. I really have good feelings about it, but it's not covered by insurance. My gosh, you're turning your health over to the wrong people. And again, you're outsourcing your health rather than taking it on as your responsibility. Very, very important to realize that because it's very important to make the shift back to onboard responsibility for your health. First thing, take care of your weight problem. Oh my gosh. Oh, first thing, I'm sorry. Stop smoking. Second thing, take care of your weight problem. Get those things, those major health risks things straightened around. Then if you're having a hard time with things, Get things tuned up. 
get the appropriate testing, et cetera, et cetera, and make sure that you understand what's going on with your health, all right? Welcome to Health Center. We've got a Tuesday evening seminar at 6.30. I would definitely encourage you to take advantage of that because that is a great place to start for probably two-thirds of the population because you got to get the weight off. I saw one of my neighbors out running this morning, and he was like taking baby steps because he, he was carrying so much weight just to take a full stride was absolutely impossible. That guy needs to lose the weight first and then start exercising because the degree of exercise, I mean, he did not look happy at all. The likelihood of him going out to, you know, the next day or the next day after that and doing the same thing is almost zero because he was making himself miserable. One of the things you can do, one of the most important things you can do to take responsibility for your own health and start seeing your health build back in a robust way is give the Welcome to Health Center a call and find out what we can do to help you. You're the healer, but we're the healer helpers and we want to help. Give us a call. Thanks much. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday Mornings at Your Service, sponsored by the Welcome to Health Center and Greatest Grains. Dr. Rexroth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then, give the good doctor a call at 309-764-2115 or find him online at welcometohealth.com where you can download podcasts of this program, ask questions on the blog, Find out about special events and request an appointment with Dr. Rexroth. And remember, Dr. Rexroth donates his services as a guest speaker to Quad Cities clubs, church groups, and business organizations.